Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Edmonton. Welcome. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. I wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned operator place to buy office technology and software. In this hour at 125, after what I'm guessing is going to be an animated conversation with my next guest, at 125 today, we're going to have Oilers Now trivia uh, for Greta Barr. And it'll be tied to something I discussed on the first hour of the show. That's your hint for today. Uh, you can uh, text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. Just before we go to Sportsnet's Mark Spector for our friends at Horse Racing Alberta, tomorrow's race card, by the way, will feature 23 different races before all racing is paused in accordance with the provincial health guidelines. Watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time. 215. Just before we go to spec, I'm going to get to a text. Uh, oh, now i got to find it. Where did it go? Here it is. Stoffer. This texter says, you shouldn't say Sather was the best. Go back and listen to Jason Bond senior interview as bad as Babcock. And what I said is Glenn Sather was not a believer in breaking people down and building them up. That in the embryonic stages of the Oilers' development in the 1980s, he showed patience in the growth of their young star players. Mark Spector and myself actually interviewed Jason Bond senior a number of years ago. And, Spec, as we bring you aboard on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, what I remember about that interview that day with, with Jason was that he took a fair amount of ownership for the failure in his career not panning out. Is that not what you recall? Because you ended up writing it as well. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's just a, you know, we sometimes we throw out that old chestnut uh uh, how is it? Too old, smart, or something like that. Too old, you know. You don't. I forget how it goes, but anyway, <laughs> uh, he, he took too long to figure it out. By the time he got smart, his career was over. Uh, it wasn't physical skills that did not allow Jason Bonsi to play hockey in the NHL. 
It was, uh, he just, he showed up cocky. He thought it was going to be easy. He didn't have to work at it. And then by the time he figured out all that stuff, the hockey was done with Jason Bond Sr. And I think he basically, in a, in a, in a nutshell, that's what he told us that day on the airport. Yeah. I never once heard him say anything disparaging about Glenn Sather, and, and not every player had the best experience of Glenn, but the fact is, when the Oilers were growing, uh, because he realized there were some limitations to what their route could do early, he did not overreact. I think back to yeah. the playoffs the playoff series, Mark, in 1982, that Edmonton lost L.A. on the heels of a very successful 1981, in which the Oilers sort of captured the hockey world at that time, beating Montreal in three straight. Taking the uh, you know powerhouse New York Islanders to six games, uh, the Oilers. Do you recall the scores that they lost, Mark, to LA in in 1982? They were some high-scoring games, is all I remember. They lost 10-8. They blew a five-nothing lead, lost six-five, and then lost game seven or game five, game five at home by a score of seven-four. So they had a tough series against a team that they were 48 points ahead of that had never won anything before. I'm just reading your. I'm here. We go, Mark. I'm reading your piece today on Darnell Nurse, and your line says, and I quote. It's been four months since the Chicago Blackhawks embarrassed his Edmonton Oilers in the qualifying round. Now, I, I, Mark, the Oilers lost the series. They lost two one-goal games. Uh, they got blown out in game one. The Oilers blew Chicago out in game two. The Oilers probably had the better chances in game three and game four. They didn't find a way to win. And, oh, by the way, their top defense pairing was basically a non-factor, right? Larson got knocked out of the series after two games. We now know that Oscar Clefbaum was dealing. Did Chicago really embarrass Edmonton, Mark? Like, I, I, like they beat Edmonton, and the two teams hadn't played for months. Like, to me, like when I think back to the Oilers losing to the Kings in 82 with seven Hall of Fame players in Edmonton, giving up 10 goals, giving up six, and giving up seven, that's getting blown out in a couple games. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm embarrassed? I think that's, you know, no, you're, hey, give me your perspective. <laughs> that's just a word, Bob. You know what? They beat the 12th place team in the conference once, right? The Oilers played the Chicago Blackhawks four times. The Blackhawks were the 12th place team in the conference. Let that set in, Bob. In a real playoffs, they were four teams removed from even making the playoffs, and the Oilers beat them once. So, yeah, I think embarrassed is a perhaps the perfect word, Bob. Okay. Well, I, you know what? Because the margins between teams are tighter than ever before, and because Chicago's a team that has Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, three first ballot Hall of Famers, that's a team, and if anything, if you look at the depth of Chicago's forwards compared to Edmonton's forwards, in the, I mean, the owners were only, how many points was Edmonton even ahead of Chicago during the regular season? Like 10. Like the mark, like it's a little bit of a different, anyways, I don't, I don't think the owners got it. Mark, I'm disappointed Edmonton lost. I do not think the owners got embarrassed in this series. And I, I think there, and like what happened with the owners in 82, I think it could end up being something that's pretty good for them in yeah. the future, right? Well, I think sure. they can learn from it. Well, listen to Darnell Nurse. Like, uh, you know, a lot of your uh, listeners and readers probably won't believe me when I say this, but I phoned, you know, I talked to Darnell Nurse with the thought of just doing a piece on, you know, replacing Clefbaum and the added responsibility. Uh, and, you know, what's it's time he'll have to take a step in his career. He's going to get first pairing minutes this year as their top left side defenseman. 
and all of that. And and he quickly turned the conversation into how the Edmonton Oilers need to give up less goals. And I know that goes along with a belief of mine. I get it. And I'm happy to write it. I'm happy to hear a, a member. And, and make no mistake, we'd all agree on this. Darnell Nurse is a charter member of the leadership group on this team, right? He is deep inside the leadership. He's a young part of this thing, right, with McDavid and Settle. He's in the core. And the first thing he wants to talk about is how giving up too many goals has, quote, been our M.O. for too long, and how for my five years here, we've talked too much about how we've got to not give up so many goals. Uh, I'm, you know, if I'm an Oilers fan, I'm happy to hear Darnell Nurse coming to camp talking about that as opposed to I want to get to 50 points this year. Uh, I think that's the right attitude, and I think that's an attitude that other guys you're going to hear talk that way too once we start talking to more players, Bob. I simply think the team's deeper up front, and that's going to enable them to play more of the game in the opposition end and lighten the workload defensively. Uh, I am I, the, the fair comment for people out there that are texting the show right now that said, you know what, no cleft bomb. I'm concerned about the depth of the defense. A year ago at this time, the biggest question mark going well a year ago, year and a half ago, Mark at this time, the biggest question, the biggest question mark was goaltending. And during the regular season, with the exception of Mike Smith's December, goaltending wasn't an issue until the Oilers, you know, struggled a bit in between the pipes in the series against Chicago. Neither team got great goaltending in that series till Crawford's, you know, played really well in game four in the third period. Um, is the bigger question this, is it goaltending this year or is it how do they defray and offset the loss of Oscar Kleffbaum? Well, it's a good question. Like the Oilers are a team that you know, statistically speaking, they don't—they don't overwhelm you with volume of chances allowed. They're not up there with. In fact, the Chicago Blackhawks allowed more scoring chances than any team in the league this year. Uh, but the issue with the Oilers is, I think we'd agree, would be quality of chances. Like they may not give up a, a whole bunch of scoring chances, but the ones they do end up in their net. I think we we had this conversation about how the Oilers' two tandem of goalies had one of the best safe percentages in the PK in the league last year, and we're nowhere close to that at five on five. So. Um, you know that's what Nurse was saying is we got to take care of our five on five numbers here. We got to we got to get the goals down against down a five on five. And so you, I guess it's a chicken or egg thing, Bob. You know if the if the Oilers give up less chances, it's going to be easier to be an Edmonton Oilers goaltender. And maybe we're going to look at this tandem and go, oh, they're not so bad. Uh, you know if the chances stay at this level uh, and at this quality, Bob, I don't see how this the same tandem coming back is going to help improve it any. Mark, you got some friends out there. Brent has texted us to say, hey, Bob, they were embarrassed. They lost in their own barn. Embarrassing enough from Brent. Well, Brent, they didn't have their fans in the barn. They didn't even have their own dressing room in their own barn. But, you know, I get it. There's people out there. That, uh, Tiny Ted, good handle, Tiny Ted. Mark is spot on. Embarrassed is the perfect world uh, word to describe it. Bob, the Oilers uh, should not have lost a series. That's a winning team. Uh, what we have is not a winning team. What would you say, Mark, about Pittsburgh uh, losing to Montreal? Were they embarrassed? Oh, I would guess so. Sure. I mean, that was a huge. That was a twelve against four upset too. So twelve five. Yeah. Uh, 
12, no, 12, four, 12, five, excuse me, 12, five. Yeah, You're right. Five versus 12. Uh, yes. Of course not four or five. Um, so I suppose if I'm saying the orders were, I'd have to say Pittsburgh was too. Sure. They would be very embarrassed to lose to the 12th place team. I think oh. Sidney Crosby, if he was on this line would say, yeah, that's a little embarrassing. Sure. Yeah. I'd say learn. I'd say learn from the experience. Coach Mike says spec is right. It was embarrassing. Bob, when the orders blow, uh, you go out of your way to defend them. You're the one who puts the team on the pedestal. The team needs to be better. Well, the show's called Oiler. I think I'm realistic. I was the guy last year that said Edmonton was going to bounce back and have a better year. They did. And, Mark, I'm going to tell you right now, it's perfect what was out there about the Athletic where the NHL executives that apparently these guys from the Athletics talked to and the American uh, teams had the Oilers sort of in a 3-4 hole. I think that's the perfect case scenario for the Oilers combined with losing to Chicago, which was unquestionably a kick in the ass for, for their core players. What do you think? Yeah, particularly for their core players. Those guys want to be known as winners. They want to, you know, like they've Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they've had their, they've got lots of personal hardware, but I would speak on their behalf. I, I guarantee you they're both saying this. We don't want to go down in history as guys with a bunch of personal hardware here. Uh, you know, they're, I'm not saying anyone's turning back a hard trophy or Smythe or uh, Art Ross. Because uh, they're not, but those two guys, they're not here to just win a bunch of uh, Art Ross trophies. They want to win. They're they're superstars, man, and superstars need to win cups. You know, you might argue that the Oilers losing the way they lost to Chicago Spec in 1992 in the Western Conference Final. That was that was a route. Four straight losses, getting blown out of that series, seven nothing at home. Uh, some might argue that be Brown scoring a couple of big goals in Game Four that buried the Oils. They, they just got they just got crushed, and that was the end of the line. Stan <laughs> Stan says Mark Spector is correct. Embarrassed, Bob. We understand you have to be an apologist for the Oilers. If you ever want to leave the Oilers, Trudeau has a job for you. Uh, okay. Uh, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Bob Corey Crawford almost didn't play because of COVID. The order should have won, but a good lesson learned. The funny thing is, Mark, you've seen the advanced numbers on this year, and and this is again, if it's over a prolonged length of time, like there's the team missed the playoffs. That's throughout last year because they they were in the playoffs playing series twelve of the thirteen previous years they fired too many general managers had too many general managers too many coaches that's how you don't win you look at Pittsburgh and the, with the Steelers they've had three head coaches since sixty nine and they're a threat most years to be a, a very competitive team continuity is important so now Edmonton's got an experienced GM and an experienced coach they have an opportunity to grow stick with them that's part of the key carrying forward but I'd also argue Mark don't over react to, to four games that happened in the most bizarre situations. What do you think? Well, fair, but like define overreact. No one's calling for a huge personnel change here. No one's saying that fire the coach, fire the GM, get all new players. By no means, Bob. By no means. You know, it, like this is micro and macro conversations here. The micro conversation about how they played in five four games against Chicago in the course of what was it like six nights seven nights that was a very poor week you know that that week took those wind out of some pretty strong sales that they built up last year they had a good season they were 
you know, literally a few percentage points out of getting a bye through the qualifying round. They were the best Canadian team in both points and winning percentage. Had a hell of a year. Ken Holland, Dave Tippett made tons of progress last year. Uh, as much as anyone could hope for with what they took over. Awesome. So, no, I'm not saying no one, I think, with any brains is saying tear it down. But if you want to sit here and talk about that week in July or August, you know, early August, that was a disaster that week. I'm willing to say forget about the week and move on. But let's remember a few things from that week, too. And and one of the issues that Darnell Nurse brings up is we give up too many goals. I agree with him. You know I agree with him, Bob. And I hear, I'm here to tell you, you're going to hear more of that. If, if Nurse is saying it, you're going to hear more of it from McDavid and Drysaddle. And this is the, and this is the point, Mark, where I mentioned to you that five on five. Since you talked about five on five, five on five, Riley Sheen was minus twenty. Five on five goals for and against last year, and Jujar Kara was minus nineteen. And those were the Oilers' third and fourth line centers in the mm. playoff playing series against Chicago. Uh, GK texts the show to say, had the season not halted, the Oilers would have been uh, made it deep into the playoffs. They were that good. The fact that they were bumped in the blink of an eye was tough to swallow. Go Oil! Again, you can text us seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Bob, forget the analytics. That's why they mean squat in the playoffs. And there's some truth to that. I mean, again, if you looked at the heat map, the Oilers dominated Chicago in the final two. <laughs> Games. But it didn't. It didn't. Right. But they, they gave up a bunch of crappy goals from long range on deflections. It was unbelievable. And there has to be a lesson for that. Mark, the funny thing is, like when they when when I started hearing about the Chicago, I was like, oh no. Because I actually, you know, I was like, what they I thought what they were gonna do was gonna go top three in each division. And then have seven versus ten, eight versus nine. I talked about this for three weeks before the focus switched to the twelve teams, and the top three would have meant uh, meant that Edmonton was playing one of either Calgary or Vancouver. And I was like, that'll be perfect because hey, those. Man, hold on a sec. Hold on a second. Did you watch the Chicago series against Vegas in the next round? Yeah, it was. I don't think Chicago won more than two periods. And was that a, was that a five game series? Did Vegas win, lose one game? I think Chicago won one game. Somehow Chicago won a game. I thought Chicago was going to get swept in that series. Chicago Mark. wasn't even in that series. So my point being, the team that beat the Oilers couldn't carried couldn't carry. Lost do you not agree, Mark? That bag the next round. So Mark, do you, you know, not agree? Do you not agree that some teams match up better against other teams? Oh, whatever. I no, guess. the Oilers. The Oilers haven't been destroyed by half our listeners have been to Vegas. Edmonton's been competitive against Vegas, who are the best team in the Pacific. I, 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 just, I just thought that Chicago was. Remember, spec. I remember a guy. 2006, 2006. This guy really knew his stuff, and he said Detroit in three against the Oilers. And I wasn't even the pro Oiler guy. I wasn't working for. And I, I said, Mark, the Oilers are all wrong for Detroit, and they were. And you know what? Chicago to switch to the Jacques Lemaire trap to beat them that year, as I recall, right? They also they trapped, had. They trapped like the 94 Devils in that series. They beat them in six. They won four. They beat them in six. Yeah, a, team that, a team that was 30 points ahead of Edmonton, the best team in the league in the regular season. Okay? Not 10 points ahead, Mark. 30 points ahead. Sometimes there's matchups. 
I, I, I'm in shock. Pittsburgh lost to Montreal. I that like you know what? If you had told me, part of me was a little bit nervous about Edmonton and Chicago. I'll be honest. Part of, I looked at those guys that know how to win, and I'm like, Ugh. Pittsburgh losing to Montreal. Then, but there's the Carey Price factor. They got the better goaltending. But you know, even in the last couple of games, Montreal was right there with Pittsburgh. I just think that you can't you can't read too much into a four game playing series when teams haven't played for months. That's fair. That's fair. The other thing is, I think the, one of the interesting things about analytics and hockey, Bob, that that probably needs to get looked into a little harder is, you know, the analytics have really grown in their accuracy. They've they've thrown out the stats that are useless and, and honed down and you know zoned in on the stats that really tell us something. And in the regular season, you know, the analytics guys can really diagnose a team and and they're they're gaining a heightened level of accuracy. But the problem with hockey is it's such a different game than playoffs, right? The game that, that you analyze all right for 82 games isn't the same game they're playing in the playoffs. It's just not. It's, it's a proven you know, fact. So I don't know what that means for the analytics set. If, if you know, the Oilers and the, let's say the Leafs, the Leafs are such a good regular season team, and they are not built to win in the playoffs. They can't win in the playoffs. And at this point, you know, I don't think the orders are that team yet, but they need to make some changes before they become that team. And I guess my point would be, you know, you got to get to the playoffs, and I get that, but you got to have a team that can win the playoffs, and it's not the same game of hockey you're playing at. Mark, it's ironic. We got a text that just came in and said, I'm on an island. The Blackhawks, the Leafs, and he says the Red Wings all would have kicked the Oilers' butt. Why? Because the Oilers can't play that style. The Oilers could have beat Calgary in the playoffs. I'm like, well, Calgary was like 3-1 against Edmonton last year. Calgary's got a physical team that can lean on you. Um, the Red Wings, come on, that was one of the worst teams in the league last year. I think Edmonton would have had problems with Toronto. I'll be honest with you. Toronto can, Toronto had depth. I think where, where Edmonton, what people didn't factor in with Chicago was the depth of their forwards up front and the experience that they had. Brad says the Oilers are a long way from being any kind of a playoff contender. Defense are all two runs too high, need three wingers and two goalies. That one comes to us from Brad. Mark, uh, you have the final say here. Okay. Uh, What's your expert? So, you know, and we'll go into this in a little bit more detail. We'll tease this for Tuesday. Um, but what's your, you know, as, as we're closing in on the inevitability of a start, we know the Canadian division is going to be awesome. Where do you see the orders in that division? Uh, uh, you know what? It's, I think we made predictions before, and I don't see why they can't be right near the top. Like, let's get a couple things out of the way. They were the best Canadian team last season. Okay, they were the top points, top winning percentage. So you can say their goaltending is not good enough, but the same two goalies made them the best Canadian team last year. Now playing in this division, you know, I want to say this. It's not wherever they finish. They're going to finish in the top three somewhere, I would think. But I'm less worried about that. I'd rather they finished fourth and made the playoffs and were ready to play playoff hockey. And I keep going back to the Leafs, but the Leafs are the, are the cautionary tale. You can't be the team that plays hockey like Toronto plays it because they never win in the playoffs. So watch what the Leafs are doing and do something different. And in Edmonton's case, that means maybe you don't score five a night in the regular season and maybe your guys don't win the Art Ross, but you learn how to grind out some 2-1 games in January and February so that when you're playing that kind of hockey every night in whatever the playoffs are going to start here, May, uh, you're ready for it. I, that Oilers team last year wasn't ready for that kind of hockey. 
and they got to be thinking of the playoffs a lot earlier than when the playoffs open, Bob. All right, Mark, we're going to continue this conversation on Tuesday. Thanks for your time. All right, buddy. That is Sportsnet spec for Horse Racing Alberta. Again, tomorrow's race card will feature 23 different races. All racing is paused after in accordance with provincial health guidelines. Watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time is 2.15. As we head off to Oilers Now Trivia for Greta Bar uh, Street Food. Greta Bar Eat, Drink, and Play. Brendan, what are we playing for? A $50 gaming credit when all those big arcade-style games open back up at Greta. Five years ago today, the Edmonton Oilers honored builder Glenn Sather with a banner ceremony. The Oilers and the New York Rangers engaged in a hot tub time machine game that took us back to the 1980s. Edmonton won 7-5. Leon Dreisaitl had his first career four-point game. And I can keep it down. Yeah, Leon Dreisaitl had his first uh, four-point game in the NHL. Who scored a hat-trick for the Oilers in their 7-5 victory over the New York Rangers back in 2015 on this date? Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. And when we come back, George LaRock. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.